morning, good, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are today is the 22nd of April. Welcome to episode 11 uh, with me, Peter Lebrook, casting from London, England. And me, Ken Cousin, podcasting from Cambridge, Massachusetts at the moment. And we will have to change the show notes because they certainly currently say Marlborough, Connecticut. Well, that's, I'm so rarely home, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad default, but it's not very common, you know. That is, that is very true. Uh, I, I guess the people that I know, especially from the No Fluff Just Stuff tour, don't right. seem to spend a lot of time at home. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so how are things in London? Ah, oh, not too bad. Uh, hopefully I'll get through this podcast without coughing. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's April. For some reason, April is the best month of the year for weather, weather-wise. Um, but otherwise, yeah, yeah, pretty, here, pretty normal. Here in New England, we've kind of entered monsoon season. So we've traded snow for rain, but it's not bad out today. Today it's not bad at all. I'm uh, currently at the O'Reilly offices uh, where they do video recording. In Cambridge so that's fun yeah how is that doing it in a studio is there a lot of pressure to get it all done well it, it depends on whether that fits your style or not and this really is a natural for me I really like that if they rely on me to make all the screencasts and then put that up that would take me a really long time whereas they've got an editor and a director and it's very loose and very comfortable and I'm able to just say okay let's talk about this or let's talk about that or let's do closures and let's do collections and let's here's a bigger example I find that really fun that's very easy for me so I'm hoping to do this as much as possible it also gives me kind of a self-imposed deadline because you know I don't have to say oh I'll have it done next month I mean I've got a schedule I have to be there and I have to do it and that's really nice but that means that they uh, they also have like a month-long turnaround on these video courses so expect an announcement next month I'll, I'll talk about it here a little bit of uh, three actual video courses on groovy uh, but a fundamentals one yeah fundamentals one and a couple that are a bit more advanced yeah that's good I mean it's, it's great to have more training material for uh, groovy and the, the related technologies as well and I, I was actually seeing that um, uh, Rob Fletcher was right. He was publicly wondering on Twitter why anyone would use video courses, but I think it's I, just... I saw that, and Glenn Smith said that he prefers it, except that he pay, plays them back at one and a half speed. Yeah, if they're a bit, if they're a bit slow. It's really hard work doing a video right. course, uh, trying to work on one myself at the moment. But yeah. they, just being able to show people how to do things, they get to see what's actually happening. You know, I, I feel the video plus reading plus book or uh, other right. material works best. It's best to have both together. Of course, my original plan was simply to open up your book and read it on camera. Uh, <laughs> that it, may it be pushing self-promotion too far. Well, there wasn't quite enough yet. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll just read Groovy in Action on camera, but I'd be here until, what, 2027 or something like that. <laughs> so I had a medium in between those two. Excellent. Okay, anyway. Uh, yes. Enough of our video training and all stuff that we're doing. Uh, right. What's happening elsewhere in the Groovy ecosystem? So, uh, very happily, happy news. Cedric Shampo and Larry Hotari, like one member of the Groovy team, one member of the Rails team, have been picked up by Gradleware. So, uh, I think I saw the quick announcement. I'm not sure it's clear what exactly they're going to be doing at Gradleware. Um, hopefully, you can find out more. There'll be at least one of them will be at Gradle Summit, I think. 
Are you coming to the Gradle Summit this year? Uh, I will be, yes. Oh, I, I expect to be there as well. So we'll have a chance to talk. I, I imagine we'll talk to them also, but what, of course what stands out for me was that uh, uh, Peter Nidavisa was at Gradleware for a number of years, and they kept him so busy that it took forever to get Spock to go to 1.0 <laughs> as yeah. a result. So I hope those were unrelated things and that <laughs> Cedric will still get to work on the framework and Laurie as well. But uh, I know that those people working at Gradleware, that is a rapidly growing company with a lot of things happening. And of course, Luke Daly is always talking about all the changes they're making. So it's it's good news, but it's it, it will be interesting to see what they're actually able to do while they're there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all that's been said as far as I'm aware is that, that they've been picked up by Gradleware. But it's, it's great news. Um, and, and speaking of Gradle, I saw a quick note that they're expecting Gradle 2.4, at least a new release candidate, to come out in the near future. No, mm. specific, no specific dates. Uh, but if I understand correctly, this is the one which will have uh, a large part of those configuration changes, uh, which are supposed to speed up certain types of builds, such as Android builds, uh, fairly significantly. I'm a little, I mean, yeah, I agree with all that. I just, I've been, I know that the problem was supposedly that the initial parsing of the file in order to figure out what to do means that you can't even find out what tasks are available until they built the whole d directed acyclic graph, right? I mean, that's what they're trying to optimize. Uh, so, it, it doesn't necessarily have to build the DAG, but it does have to execute all configuration phase code. Right. And I honestly, I'd be very interested to see how they manage to optimize that because, I mean, when you think about it, how do they know what tasks they have until they've done that? So <laughs> I'm not sure how they're going to streamline that. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have to get Luke on the show so he can explain yeah. it to us. Um, he, uh, it's taken a while, so it was... I don't think it's a trivial solution. Um, it was, it, it's a complex problem, but they've managed to do configuration on demand. Oh, I know they pulled it off somehow. And I, I'm just really, I think it's gonna be really fun to see how they managed to do it. And of course, it's gonna be a very welcome change in here, uh, just because the you do get that awkward delay when all you do is say, oh, I've got my build file, what are the tasks in it? And suddenly you've gotta do all this parsing and work, or they do rather, in order to give you the information. So it'd be great when that's all streamlined. Yeah, I think we're, we're lucky to work in like the Java space where that configuration phase is generally fairly quick. But yeah, apparently uh, Android's been mentioned by some, but also the, the cross-platform, like the C++ build tools uh, suffer a bit from that side of things. So looking forward, definitely looking forward to Gradle 2.4, uh, awaiting that release candidate. So uh, there was something that caught my eye, which was an article on Grails 3, as in what's new, what's changed. And it was uh, it's by Michael Shahag. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have no idea how to pronounce his name. I've probably uh, butchered it. But anyway, uh, that was actually a very nice summary um, that basically just focuses on the main changes and does it in a easily understood way. Um, and of course, that fits in nicely with the recent Grails 3 release. That was at, at D-Zone, right? Uh, that was a D-Zone, yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, link, I, link in the show notes. I do remember looking at that, and I thought uh, it, it is a pretty good summary, and uh, that it's a very good way for people to get a sense of what's new. It's funny how 
it feels like a different framework, mostly because of the shift to the Gradle build mechanism, but the, the functionality that you've expected that we've used for years is all still there. I mean, I don't know how fundamentally it's gonna change the apps other than modifying the project structure and making everything work through Gradle. Yeah, so I had a, a quick phone call with um, a potential client yesterday um, or day before, uh, and they have Grails 2.x projects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, okay, so you're thinking of doing Grails 3. And it's, it's a question that a lot of people will be asking themselves. It's like, how easy will it be to migrate? Um, and that's a question that doesn't have great answers yet because no. I don't think many people have gone through it. Uh, but a lot of this, like your controllers and services and, and domain classes, generally, I don't think will have to change much, if at all. Right. Um, that is GORM, GORM is largely the same. That is the sense I got as well. I mean, if you look at the migration guide in the Grails user guide, it basically recommends the stuff that I always used to do when migrating from one version to another anyway, which is make a new project and then just copy over the domain classes, the controllers and the services. Uh, the view code, that also looks like it's pretty much the same as well. It's just that the new project organization structure and the Gradle builds do make it difficult to convert from the old system to the new one. Yeah, and I suspect, I Although I don't know for sure, I think the testing, uh, like the unit set, integration testing has gone. Right. So if you've got a lot of integration tests, you're going to have to use the new annotation. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, but effectively, they're unit tests, which an annotation bootstraps the Grails runtime for you, um, or different parts of it. Um, yeah, so they're not really gone. They're just replaced with a new mechanism. Yeah, and but it will require changes. They also brought in uh, Jeb as well. So the functional testing mechanism is built into Grails now from three. Yeah. So if you've got Jeb tests, that should be good. Uh, and of course, the, migration. And of course, the build the build config file is gone because everything is now in your build.gradle file. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's going to be significant. Uh, anyone that's got build scripts, though, <laughs> you may have that will be yeah. that will be work. Um, hopefully, not too many people have custom build scripts. Um, oh, I I don't think that'll be an issue. I just find it that I went looking for a file and I went, oh, where'd it go? And I'm like, well, of course, it's in the build.gradle file. That's where the dependencies belong. You know, and as soon as you get your head around the fact that this is all Gradle based, then the changes make a lot of sense. It's just it it is different from what we're accustomed to with Grails. Yeah, yeah. It would be good to hear from people how they're. Like the ones that do the migration, how it goes for them, um, getting the information out there. That would be good. By the way, when you were mentioning uh, Gradle, there was uh, another release of the Gretty plugin, G-R-E-T-T-Y. And I had an interesting situation with that. I have a, a little app that uh, I test. It's called Groovy Baseball. It basically downloads uh, baseball box score information from MLB, from Major League Baseball and parses it and puts things on a Google map. And this is the sort of thing that I actually, I use it as an example in, in the Making Java Groovy book. And I, I use a, a, believe it or not, a, what do you call it, a groovelet in order to drive this thing. <laughs> but the question was how to test it. And I had tried to use in my Gradle build file, I'd use the old Jetty plugin. And that worked for a while, but as, 
often happens, versions changed and suddenly it wasn't working anymore. And I was thinking, well, do I want to test it with Tomcat? Do I want to test it with Jetty? I don't know what to do. And last year at 2GX, at Spring 1 2GX, I went to a presentation by Hans Doctor about Gradle. And at the very end, he mentioned Gretty as the plugin because what the Gretty plugin does is it basically replaces both Jetty and Tomcat. It allows you to do an, a, a functional test by starting up either Jetty or Tomcat for you, deploying your app, running it, and shutting it down all programmatically with a minimum of code inside the Gradle build file. And I was like, Gretty, I never even heard of it. And that made attending the whole talk worthwhile, even though obviously Hans did a wonderful job. Uh, I was like, oh, I got to do this. And as soon as I started using it, I thought, wow, this is wonderful. So I'm always happy to see that that's still a very active project. A lot of things are going on there. Uh, I find the Gretty plugin just absolutely wonderful for what I guess you'd call functional testing of a web application. Oh, OK, cool. And do you uh, use that with something like JEP or? Uh, I didn't in this case because all I was doing was testing the back-end service. I wasn't trying to test that the website looked right. I was mostly just saying, let's actually deploy this to the application. Then I'll use a URL and make sure that the resulting data that I got back looked right. So it's not really a UI test. It's more functionality, more like what the Android testing is like. Right, but I'm just sort of uh, sending JSON requests and checking the responses. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I have no doubt that it would work fine with Jeb as well. I just never yeah. got my, my UI was so simple that I didn't really I figured if the data was right, then the UI as well, you know. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah, so it's not a it's not an official part is it part of Gradle, is it? Or have they made it officially part of Gradle now? No, it's another one of those plugins you use a build script to download. You know, because that's that's something that people in the Android world are getting very used to. Is that at the top of your Gradle build file, you have the little build script section to go download the plugin you need. And as I recall, when I used Gretty in the past, I added the build script section at the top in order to download the plugin. I think the ASCII Doctor J one is the same way. Okay. Well, it has. Uh, it is now on the Gradle plugin portal. Mm. Oh, good. So, so you won't need that build script. Uh, well, actually, does that mean? that it's built into Gradle, or does that mean that you can download it if you want, uh, or that you can list it as a dependency or something? You may still need the build script in order to download it. Just download it from the Gradle plugin portal. Uh, yeah, so if you use the new plugins uh, DSL, that oh, will geez, automatically I, put it from the plugin I, compl I completely forgot there was a plugins DSL. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I always say, in this field, there's two facts of life, right? One is that you never have enough time to learn everything you need. And the second is that all the stuff you know changes. <laughs> so yeah. I yes. totally forgot there was a plugins DSL. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get rid of the uh, build script. So that's had a, a new release, has it, the, the Gretti plugin? Yeah, uh, Guillaume, Guillaume LaForge mentioned it in his uh, in his weekly Groovy presentation, uh, the Groovy weekly email. OK, cool. Uh, OK, so, uh, uh, so a, a small little thing. Like, there's, a, there's a very popular presentation uh, at various conferences called the Groovy Rails Puzzlers. Um, and it's uh, a our youthful co-caster. Uh, does that often does that with uh, Noah and Penny. Uh, the guys from DFROG, basically. And the presentation they did at Spring on 2GX in 2014 
Thanos is now up on Info Viewing as usual in these show notes, so if you haven't seen that one, it is really interesting. Um, you just get to see various bits of code, like the Java puzzlers, that don't quite behave as you'd expect. So challenge yourself to see whether you know how different bits of code actually operate. Yeah, it's too bad uh, Baroque isn't here to talk about that because he's always the, the host of that Puzzlers Talk. Uh, although at, two, at, at Great Conf for the U.S., I think he did it with uh, Andres Amiray. I don't remember who he did it with in uh, QGX. It might have also been with Andres. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I think, think so. I think it may have been with him. But, um, but he would know, and we can talk about him because he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see. No, Fred. Fred Seymour. Oh, okay. Of course, he's always soliciting new puzzlers uh, whenever, and which makes me feel bad, kind of, because I sent him a bunch of ones for the first one, and now I've kind of used up all the ones I knew. <laughs> I have nothing to send him now. I should have just rationed them out, you know, a couple per, per presentation, but oh well. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But... I'm sure you'll think of some more. And if anyone else thinks of them, um, who are we supposed to tweet? Is it uh, Jay Burke directly? And he's got a, there's an actual at Groovy Puzzlers Twitter account. So you can take a look in there and, and ask and he'll, you know, respond. Or uh, you can either send it to Burke directly or I think he's got um, another mechanism through that Twitter account as well. Okay. We'll have to add that to the show notes. So definitely check that one out if you haven't seen it anywhere. Um, next thing. GVM, our, our favorite tool for installing and managing different Groovy, Grails, and Gradle installations, amongst other tools, uh, is changing its name. It's becoming something a little less, uh, doesn't flow off the tongue quite as well, in my opinion, but it's yeah. going to be called SDK.env. Uh, I don't understand this at all, do you? <laughs> Uh, so, yes, because it's not going to be just a Groovy version management system. Uh, they're hoping to have a version for uh, Scala, I believe, or that was the original intention. Uh, possibly managing JDKs as well. I don't know how far that is, uh, whether Marco's looking into that. Um, I'll be chatting to him this evening, so I can, I can ask him what the situation is with SDK.env. But that's the... Current, that's the new name, and yes, it's because they're going to have different, I think, different flavors, if you like, for different ecosystems. Are they removing GVM, or, and, or are they just adding to it? So uh, I, I, I don't know the full details. Uh, Marco talked about this at a, a Greech Conf, which right. was last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, mm -hmm. I guess. Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what was in that presentation. And there seems to be no other public information available. So uh, we will undoubtedly find out. But I suspect that GVM will stay the same, but the overall project will be called SDKM. Yeah, I didn't watch the, the video, but I did look at the slides. I mean, uh, he put up his slides on SlideShare, I think. And I went through them, and it it seemed a little ambiguous as to whether there would still be a GVM or there was now going to be a GVM plus SDKM or whether it's all going to be just SDKM. I hope there's still a GVM just because I'm used to it and I like it. And again, they're changing something already. <laughs> but of course, it's nice to have the more powerful system. And GVM tool is 
just uh, you know it's it's a, a need comparable to insulin you know it's just something I, I need everywhere I go and I really like it and you just know every time there's an announcement of a new version of practically anything in the groove ecosystem that you wait within an hour there'll be a tweet saying oh it's now available on GDM so I hope that still stays and that the SDKM just adds to that on top yeah yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, certainly, at least we'll have the tool, whatever <laughs> name it will have. Uh, at least, you know, in changing the name, it won't be confused with Google's version manager. Uh, Go, it's the Go version manager, or oh. Go. G there's a GVM that's related to the Go language. That I didn't know. Okay, got some friends who are into the Go language, and I but I've never spent any time on. By the way, I always wanted to ask Marco. You know, I mean, Groove, GVM stands for Groovy Environment Manager. It's got that big capital V in the middle of the word environment. And I always was like, well, why didn't you just call it Groovy Version Manager? And then you don't have to put a V in the middle of the word, you know? Well, I guess that's uh, RV, RVM. It's based on RVM, which is okay. the environment management. But, uh, well, thank you for kindly <laughs> correcting me without making it too obvious. Um, to me, it will always be Groovy Version Manager. Yeah, right, uh, right. But it, because it monkeys around with your environment, um, I think that's one of the reasons it's Groovy Environment Manager. But... Or, or maybe that was a sufficiently uncomfortable question that he just decided to call it SDK.M in order to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, I will try, you know, if I learn more, I'll try to update the uh, show notes. With, right. for example, whether it's going to remain GVM or whether we're going to have a new command line tool called SDKM. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you, I hope not. I just <laughs> <laughs> it's now in my finger muscle memory, GVM. Uh, right. And there's, by the way, remember that, do you ever use that GDub tool? No. Oh, yeah. It's a, a GitHub project. I'll have to look it up. Andre Salmiray tweeted about it. But whenever you run... Uh, oh, that's not a it's not a GVM based thing. It's a Gradle based thing. The idea was is whenever you run Gradle, you have to be on the root of the project. And this is a, it's called GDUB, I believe. And the idea is that when you install it, you can run this GW command anywhere in your project, and it'll be as though you're in the root. And it's got a memory and everything. It's it's just a an add on to Gradle to make it a lot more flexible, if you will, as to where you are in the project. I'll I'll look it up and I'll send you a, a link to that as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah Andre uh, swears by it. as well. Yeah, Andre swears by it. So I, I figured I'd try it out, and uh, I've only used it a little bit, but it looks really cool. Ah, excellent. Always happy to find something new as long as it doesn't require too much mental exercise. To right. To oh, I feel my age catching up with me. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, no need to feel sorry for ourselves. So uh, last item on the agenda is uh, IntelliJ. There is a issue on their, uh, what is it, team track? Or I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, yeah. uh, you can go vote for explicit Grails 3 support in IntelliJ if that's what you want. So the link is there in the show notes. So that's not just, so you should be able to work with a Grails 3 project without needing explicit uh, Grails support. But mm -hmm. you still have the concept of like these known things, such as controllers, domain classes, views, and such like. So it'd be nice to have uh, that support, plus um, you know integration with running the Gradle commands that go through, like uh, sorry, the Grails commands that go through either Gradle tasks or the 
um, gradual, uh, generation code generation for creating new create domain classes and such like. So uh, there is scope for improved Rails 3 support in IntelliJ. Yeah, I mean, you can use a Gradle 3 project, a Grail, again, I got it on the brain now. Uh, you can use the Grails 3 project in IntelliJ merely by importing the, the build.gradle file. But as you say, that's really like treating it as though it was a groovy project without all the additional Grails functionality that IntelliJ gives you that I really like, you know? So it was kind of inevitable that they would start building in Gradle, Grails 3 support but it's always a good thing to vote for it and let them know how important it is to the community. And, and that'll probably make that process a bit quicker. I, I do think I remember seeing something about the support being scheduled for version 15, which will have its first betas, uh, IntelliJ IDEA 15, which will have its first betas sometimes this, sometime this summer. So I would expect around July, then we'll start seeing betas that have uh, the Rails 3 support in it. Yeah. And that would be good. I mean, that's that's fairly soon after the actual official Grails three release. So well, it's also it's also critical because that you know Groovy and Grails tool suite is basically dead in the water at this point. You know, I don't think anybody's supporting it. And in fact, that was another thing that went on is that uh, now they're looking for people to support the Groovy plugin for Eclipse. So this is kind of making it difficult to see a future in the Groovy and Grails space for Eclipse at all. Yeah, that is. It's kind of sad news that um, so I think it's definitely uh, not having anybody working on the Groovy uh, Eclipse plugin isn't great. Um, I know that they're, they're, they've got this build ships plugin, which is the Gradle support, and that seems to be someone mm. semi officially supported. Um, I, I never liked it. <laughs> I never liked it. I always, I, even though it got better, I always went out to the shell and ran my Gradle build. Uh, from the shell. And if I added a new uh, dependency, I would do a Gradle clean Eclipse and then Eclipse and have it generate the Eclipse project and refresh inside Eclipse and it worked. I mean, that worked perfectly. I was always very happy with that. Uh, and from what I understand, the, the Groovy plugin in Eclipse is still very solid. That's very good. It's the Groovy and Grails tool suite part that's going away and that's where all the Grail support was. So I don't know what's going to happen to that code. I don't know whether anybody's going to pick up support of that. I do hope that they continue to work on the Groovy plugin Eclipse just because there's a large portion of the community that is still kind of married to the free Eclipse tool suite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I don't expect, to be honest, I don't expect the Grail support to um, progress. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but yeah, ho hopefully someone will uh, take up the Groovy Eclipse plugin. I think that is an important one. And that's uh, the next major Eclipse release. I found out uh, apparently the next one's going to be called Mars. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know. Yes, because you know they've been going alphabetical since uh, Galileo. So it was like Galileo and then Helios, Helios and then Indigo, which never understood Indigo, uh, and then J was Juno, and then Kepler, and Luna, and now I believe it'll come out in June is Mars. So Eclipse Mars. Look for that one. <laughs> Okay, I did not know that. So yeah. right, I can't. I, I'm. I was going to say I can't believe you know the names of all the Eclipse releases. <laughs> oh man, I used Eclipse from before Callisto. I was one of those early adopters back in 2001, and used it forever. And you know, Control S was hardwired into my muscle memory. And about a year and a half ago, I switched over to IntelliJ, and now I never save anything anymore. <laughs> so I've lost all 
background with it, but I used to, in my training classes, people used to like the eclipse tips that I gave as much as the content, which maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. But at any rate, I used to do that all the time. So I don't use it anymore. And Groovy and Grails Tool Suite, I was, I felt got pretty creaky over the last few versions. You know, things started breaking pretty rapidly. But the Groovy supported Eclipse, I always thought was pretty good. It's the Grails part that was not up to speed, I thought. Yeah, um, certainly the, the Grail stuff was uh, fairly complicated. And to be honest, uh, Grails itself kept changing under the yes. hood, and I think made life a little difficult for the uh, IDE developers. Um, and there's sort of a limited amount that the uh, SpringSill slash VMware slash Pivotal tools folks could really invest. Uh, there are other things to work on as well. So, And um, as long as they have Groovy support, you can still import a project, just treat it like a groovy project and then use the interactive command prompt in grails to do whatever grails you want to do so it, it's still there and it's certainly alternative to using vi or whatever nobody needs anything but vi <laughs> did I, did I, sorry sorry have, I, have I given you my vim joke no oh yeah the vim joke is oh yeah i've been a vim user for three years mostly because i can't figure out how to get out <laughs> i've heard variants of that one and, well uh, and, and, have you heard the Emacs variation? There's an Emacs joke too. Go uh, the, the Emacs joke is um, an Emacs is a wonderful operating system lacking only a decent editor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, I can imagine we're going to get some flame for these ones. <laughs> I'm just the messenger here. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good joke, though. I like that one. <laughs> so at any rate, they, to bring it back home, yes, everybody should go ahead and vote for that issue. But I expect they're going to be hard at work on that, no matter whether we do or not. But it's still a good thing to let the IntelliJ, the JetBrains people know that the community is really interested in that and that they, it is a major competitive advantage for IntelliJ over any other competing editor. Yeah, yeah, even more so now, I think. Um, mm -hmm. It'd be interesting yeah. to hear what, uh, hap what's happening on the NetBeans front. I'm not sure if they have specific Gradle support, uh, Grails support. We're, uh, we're both do. getting confused between Gradle and Grails. I think this is going <laughs> to continue for a while. I, I do. I know uh, there's a small but very vocal NetBeans community out there. You know, they don't like getting overlooked like that. But I run into them every couple of classes. I'll have uh, one or two NetBeans people. And NetBeans has had both Groovy and Grail support since version 6.5. Uh, they had some preliminary stuff before that, but it became actually useful right around 6.5. And now they're up to, what, 7.3 or something like that? So everything, whenever I have a, a NetBeans person in class, they've been able to do whatever they needed to do within that tool. So that may wind up being the, the, the major free alternative to IntelliJ. OK, yeah. Uh, it would be, it's useful to have competition, definitely. Mm. So it would be good to see uh, um, NetBeans uh, take off. So, and hey, so if you're, not, if you're using Eclipse and want to try out a, a free alternative, then yeah, maybe give NetBeans a go. Check out their Groovy and Grail support. And, and let us know. You know? <laughs> And let, definitely let us know. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, then we have to try it, and you know, nothing good could come of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit like my father. Everything I touch breaks. So, <laughs> so maybe it's good that you're not working actively on Grails anymore. Is that the idea? <laughs> uh, yes, I think so. I think so. Limiting it to a single small open source project is is enough. I think. Oh, and speaking of breaking things, how's your book coming? <coughs> 
So making progress on uh, chapter three. And uh, that's, that's been interesting because I'm going on to dealing with the, the non-core types, but stuff that you will use for most of your development, such as files. And now, of course, with Java 8, the file system stuff changes. And now it's, OK, so what should we be recommending? Should people use the file systems API, the java.nio, or just stick to using plain old file class? Well, the, the NIO stuff has been around for a while, and I think it was seven where people just should have been using it and nobody was, you know, using the path class and the files with an S, that class as well. So uh, one of the books I really liked for Java 8 was that uh, Java SE8 for the really impatient. You know, it's one of the K. Horseman books. He's got a core Java 8 book too, but that's Java from the beginning, and the Java S. Java SE8 for the really impatient was his incremental book, the book for those people who already knew Java. And he had a whole chapter in, in his book called Changes from Java 7 that you probably didn't, that you were not aware of or that you weren't using. And that was one, was the file IO stuff. And I finally started looking at that because I, I tried to duck that as well. But I mean, the real big selling point, as I recall, was the non-blocking IO part of that. Yeah, so I mean that's great for vertex, but when you're just doing scripts and stuff, um, you don't need the the uh, the async IO uh, or the non-blocking IO. Um, but I mean Java not only adds the the stream support to the file API, um, but it, it's also just like being able to copy files, having a mm. method to copy files fairly easily. Mm. But it's still relatively verbose compared to the file class with the Groovy JDK extensions. Well, whatever you got Groovy, might as well use it, right? Yeah, but it's, it's that's the thing. I mean, there are, I feel there are advantages to use. If you've got reasonable Java classes to use, uh, I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel it's best to use the core Java APIs when they're available. Um, and that includes in this case because Java developers will uh, be able to understand what's going on a bit better. Mm. Um, is, and now that you have better, a lot of the Groovy JDK extensions are available within this core API. It's just mm. a bit more verbose um, because it's a lot of static methods. You've got the files class, you've got the file systems class to right. get the default file system to create your paths. Um, you've got a char set class because they don't like just dealing with strings. You need to do char set dot uh, from string for name, I think it is. So, oh, okay. Uh, it's a lot more, but you know, with some GGSS imports, import something as uh, you can reduce the amount of clutter in your code. Okay. And I think that the stream support is a nice extra. So actually, for the for this chapter, I'd be basically giving examples of the Java 8 API and the Java 6 API. Is the Groovy JDK going to start adding uh, extra methods to those NIO classes as well? Well, we shall just have to get Guillaume or Cedric onto the yeah, podcast yeah. and ask them whether there are any plans for such. Uh, there's There's less scope. There's less need. Uh, because like the files class has so much useful, uh, so many useful features, so many useful utility mm -hmm. methods, uh, that the existing SDK extensions uh, are pretty much already covered. But I think there are definitely anything to reduce uh, the amount of verbosity just in setting the, the files up would be nice. And I think there are still 
other things. Yeah. So they've already done it for the path interface. Yes. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether there's much need to um, add anything for any of the other types and classes. Probably not, actually. I should probably just look at the path interface. Well, take a look. Anything yeah. else, or we uh, basically covered all the stuff from the last couple of weeks? Yeah, no, uh, it's been a pretty quiet uh, couple of weeks, so we'll just wrap up now. Um, thank you for listening. As though we'll uh, post the show notes with the YouTube video and the uh, on the Podbean website, which is the audio podcast. Uh, you'll see the Twitter, our new Twitter account uh, with our new logo, of course. Yay. Hopefully you saw that last time. Uh, right. I'm really digging it. I love it. Uh, and yes, you'll find details of us as well because we love our self-promotion as we already know. <laughs> oh, that hurts. <laughs> I'm talking mostly about myself. I, I have no shame. So, I can live with that. <laughs> thank you all very much and hope to catch you next, uh, next time, which may be in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Uh, but we'll also be trying to get some interviews from some of the speakers at the Great Conference uh, conferences, both EU and US. So hopefully we'll get uh, Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown, you are on notice. We will be coming after you. <laughs> uh, Cedric and uh, Guillaume and others as well. So the usual suspects, yes. <laughs> yes, the usual suspects. So once again, thanks very much and catch you next time. Goodbye. Take care. <laughs>